The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Hey, hey, What's up? This is Tyler from Podcastrophe and Podcast Menace, and you're listening to the best of the week. Highlights from all the shows that aired on the network this past week. Kick back, relax, don't tread on my heritage, heritage and enjoy. Heritage, 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 heritage. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. Officially time to start the show, though, Brando, I think. Let's uh, get into some horror business here. Did you hear this news with Stan Lee? Do you know about this? You sent me the link, and like the headline made me raise an eyebrow, and I figured I would just wait to let you like say it because I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, so first of all, let's just say Stan Lee's having a bad year, and I mean, like most people who are 95 have like regular problems, like they can't, like incontinence and shit and stuff like that and whatnot, but like... Stan Lee's got big boy problems where like over a million dollars has been stolen from his accounts in the past year. He's been accused of sexual assault. He uh, lost his wife uh, of many, many years. Uh, but this one, man, this one's where shit gets really weird. One of his former business associates had enough vials of blood drawn from Stan Lee that he felt, quote, woozy and dizzy and disoriented. The, that blood was then put into some sort of filtration system or some shit was done to it and purified and then turned into multicolored inks and put into pens that Stan signed stuff with unbeknownst to him that his blood was in. There are also certificates of authenticity for these bloody prints with his blood inside of them. He didn't even know were a thing. So how do we know this? Well, here's the fucking crazy thing. So this, the blood was stolen. And, you know, that was the the great mystery. The blood was drawn from Stan Lee, the great mystery of what's going to happen with it. It was believed they were going to use it to do this thing with the signatures. Um, and then all of a sudden in Las Vegas in a comic shop, two uh, Black Panther comics, which were signed by Stan Lee, one in light blue and one in gold, um, with certificates of authenticity, blood tificates of authenticity, I guess you'd say. It's a bloody mess. Uh, there's a pun in there to be had somewhere. But, uh, yeah, they showed up at this comic shop, the blue signature being worth $250, the gold signature being a $500 book. Neither were sold because it was immediately reported to the authorities that something was awry, and of course, uh, possible file uh, charges are being filed. And this situation is still everlasting, but uh, you know, it's it's really sad. Stan's getting old, and people are trying to fuck with him and swindle him now. And it's just like, man, let this old dude who fucking created so much joy in our world live his fucking final years in some motherfucking peace, man. Damn. It's ridiculous. I mean, why would you do that? Like, like seriously, like just to make a buck? Well, you got to think that, yes, exactly just to make a buck. Uh, in, in, the, in the thing that I was reading about what has happened to Stan Lee, the business of – I don't know if the business partner is, this, is the same one guy that has done all these different things. I don't know if there are multiple business partners that swindled him and fucked him over. Um, so that conjecture, I don't know. Uh, but apparently one of the business partners or the business partner bought an $800,000 condo on Stanley's dime without him knowing until much later. Like filtered $800,000 out and bought this dope-ass condo with Stanley's money. Damn. People are dirtbags, man. I... And, and, and number and number two, number two. All right, ooh, go on a rant, Brando. Brando rants. Brando rants. I don't want to own anything signed with anybody's blood. That's kind of disgusting. Weird. I don't care if it's it purified, coagulated, pasteurized. I don't care. <laughs> pasteurized blood. <laughs> oh my God, Stanley's pasteurized blood. That's the episode title. God, I mean, I who. I don't want to, if like I, I wouldn't even seek that out. I was like, "Do you want to buy this book? It's in Stanley's blood." It's like, "Fuck no!" I am not a vampire. Do you remember, Nate? I uh, do. Like the bad reading of a break of a breakup letter. 
Yes. Then there was bad reading of a Twilight fan fiction. Yes, that's fucking hilarious. And for some reason, like when I said I'm not a vampire, I almost said I am not vampy. I'm not vampy. <laughs> like, and I am vampy too. <laughs> Just from that. St- yes. Every almost every day at work, we we quote something from that. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, uh, in the bad Twilight fan fiction, it says that Edward or Edvarf or Edvard. It, it, he's called all of these in the same thing. Um, has sex with the original Dracula for six house. <laughs> for six house. For six house. Jesus and it good. <laughs> so at work. When things go down, we always yell, Ten house! <laughs> Ten house? <laughs> yeah, so. Ran. Okay, I want to update real quick that I looked at it, and it is the same guy that stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from the comic icon, also forged documents to e- obtain expensive real estate in his name. That's how he did it. And uh, stole the blood. Same guy did all so the shit. The, it's the same asshole. Yeah, he's one singular asshole. <laughs> Not multiple assholes. He is one singular asshole that is responsible for an ass disaster. Yeah, Blastmaster ass disaster. <laughs> I feel like some of those Subaru posts. Blastmaster ass disaster, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, But here's what it says. I wanted to read this to clear up this thing about the Stan Lee thing real quick. Hand-stamped signature of Stan Lee using Stan Lee's solvent DNA ink. Um, And then here, I'll actually send this to you. This is from TMZ. Hopefully it doesn't play a fucking clip or audio. Sometimes that shit happens, you know. Uh, So you can see the actual picture of what uh, what it actually looks like. It says, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if I can actually read this. It says, uh, through proof of this certificate, authenticators and recognizes this product as genuine and integral part of the movement of mutual respect throughout the United States and beyond. And then it says, hand stamp signature of Stanley using Stanley's solvent DNA ink. It has a certificate number, Zip Hub, an Avengers station certificate. Uh, and the hand of respect, which I guess is something that's custom to Stan Lee. It's signed by his blood, dude. It's ridiculous. It's it's legitimately shocking. Do you know what else is shocking, Brando? We haven't really discussed two great mysteries here. Uh, one, where the fuck is Hawkeye in the Avengers trailers? Uh... Do you are you curious about that, or do you just think, man, he's got to be doing something very specific that they aren't ready to show us yet? I thought he was retired. See, that's what I thought too from Civil War. He retires, however, he unretires and he gets in the fight and ends up in jail at the end of the movie. If you remember, he ends up in the raft with Ant Man and Falcon and Scarlet Witch, also as well. Yeah, is there because those four that were on Team Cap. And then Cap, of course, lets them out. So if Barton retired, maybe he's retired. But maybe he could be the last Avenger. I don't know. Uh, I do know that the Russos said that all will be explained when people see the movie. It's all tied to the story. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Brando. And this is like subtexting the thing we're already talking about within the thing we're already talking about. But uh, did you see this thing where... uh, they're doing screenings for Infinity War, but they're not actually showing the full movie. Yeah, they're going to wait to show the full movie until the actual premiere at the theater in L.A. And they released uh, a letter, you know, saying, you know, telling people don't spoil this movie for other people. And Tom Holland tweeted like, they originally said that to me. They probably wrote this for me. Yeah, this is all my fault, I think. Um but uh, I'll read that, Brando, unless you want to. Do you want to read it? I don't have it up. You do not have it up. <laughs> so, okay, no. Fair enough. 
So no, I, I so won't no. read it. Okay. Uh, so I will pull it up and read it here, folks. It says, to the greatest fans in the world, we're about to embark on the Avengers Infinity War press tour. We will be visiting fans all over the world, screening only a limited amount of selected footage from the film in order to avoid spoiling the story for future viewers. We will not screen the film in its entirety until the Los Angeles premiere shortly before the film's global release. Everyone involved with the film has worked incredibly hard over the past two years maintaining the highest level of secrecy. Only a handful of people know its true plot. We're, what we're asking here is that when you see Infinity War in the coming months, that you maintain the same level of secrecy so that all fans can have an equal experience uh, when they watch it for the first time. Don't spoil it for others the same way you wouldn't want it spoiled for you. Good luck and happy viewing. The Russo Brothers. Hashtag Thanos demands your silence. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is The Paul Report. With your host, Andrew Poor. Welcome to another episode of The Poor Report. Now, for those of you who tuned into last week's episode, you might have noticed that you didn't hear my voice. And if you watched any of their shows on Network or yesterday's JIC, you know that last week was a part of the Fool's Week, which was where all of the hosts and all of the shows kind of got scrambled up and... Some hosts did one show, some hosts did other shows, and no one was doing their own show. So no one drew from the, the cup their own show. And the hosts of Literature did my show last week, which is great. It was fine. They talked in the, the fantastical world of Harry Potter and the injustices of that society. So it's actually an interesting listen if you go back to that. But we have to go back from the world of fiction and into the world of current events in the world the landscape we live in today and a lot happened since i guess the two weeks ago on my last episode where i was talking about things so i just want to jump right in there's a few things to talk about obviously there's always trump news because that's the nature of what we do and there's some facebook news which is always fun for everyone and it's been kind of a crazy uh time for me as well uh with wedding stuff going on and house hunting so Maybe next month or in a couple of weeks, there may be some interesting episodes coming from me. I'm going to try and record a couple topic episodes ahead of time, just in case I don't have the time to get you the current events episode every week like I normally do. But I want to make sure I get you some content from me. But if I end up moving or what ends up going on there, I want to make sure you still get your content. Because I care about you, my listeners. But let's just jump right into the show for this week. And kind of first on the list involves something that started about a week ago. So uh, this is from a CNN article called Trump began this the week tweeting about the border. Now he's sending troops. So it started with a tweet last Sunday morning. Um, President Donald Trump tweeted about a caravan of Central American migrants heading towards the U.S.-Mexico border. By Tuesday, he'd kick things up a notch, making a surprise announcement at a luncheon. He plans to send the military to guard the border. The next day, Trump signed a memo warning of a crisis at the border and calling for National Guard troops to help solve it. Officials are still detailing how many troops will be deployed, exactly where they'll go, and what their mission will be and how much it'll cost. But White House spokesman Sarah Sanders said Friday that plans are in the works. We hope to have the National Guard on the ground as soon as possible, she said. Here's a quick look at how we got here and what could happen next. So what? why is this happening now? Trump and focuses on the border dating back to his campaign promise to build a big, beautiful wall. Awesome. But this week, reports about a large group of migrants heading north triggered a fresh tweet storm from the president. The migrants are part of a so-called caravan trekking across Mexico as part of an annual effort to raise awareness about migrants' plight while also helping some make their dangerous journey. Many of them say they're fleeing violence and poverty and seeking asylum. Reports on Fox and Friends about the caravan Sunday morning described the group as a small army of migrants marching towards the United States. Trump's first tweet about the caravan came soon afterward, because, as we know, he watches Fox and Friends and all the Fox News morning shows every morning, and then that's how he gets his news and what he wants to talk about for the day. Which is great for a president who should be getting daily briefings and all that, but we know Trump doesn't really like to read, so we're kind of going this way. His tweet said... Border, pol- border Patrol agents are not allowed to properly do their job at the border because ridiculous liberal, Democrat, laws that like, 
catch and release, getting more dangerous, caravans coming, Republicans must go to nuclear option to pass the pass tough laws now. No more DACA deal. DACA deal I've talked about plenty on this show, so listen to some uh, previous episodes if you want to learn more about that. And he comes back to the topic over and over all week as he announced efforts to ramp up border security. Why did the Trump administration say there's a crisis? In his Wednesday memo, Trump decrees a drastic surge of illegal activity at the border, including illicit drugs and illegal crossings. Later, as head of Homeland Security pointed to what she said was a notable spike in activity as she announced more details about the administration's plans to step up security. In her tweet, she says, After historic lows in illegal traffic last year, the numbers are spiking. March numbers up 37% from February, largest one-month change in at least eight years, and triple over March 2017. We must secure our border. As POTUS has said, all options are on the table. The number of people either caught trying to cross the southern border or rejected for admission increased 37% from February to March. Secretary Christian Nielsen, that's quite a name, K-R-S-T-J-E-N, said they're going to go with Kirsten or Jennifer, and they're like, let's just make one name, put it all together. Um, the sudden rise was driven largely by a jump in the number of people apprehended trying to cross illegally. A deeper look at the numbers, though, shows that they actually track with historic patterns in recent years. Critics accuse the administration of using the caravan to rile up immigration hardlines in Trump's base, and says his decision to deploy troops isn't supported by the situation on the ground. Supporters note that sending troops to the border is nothing new. President George Bush and Barack Obama did it too. What actually happened at, happening at the border, as far as the National Guard troops go, not much yet. Same for the caravan, it's still hundreds of miles away. But governors in Texas, Arizona, and New Mexico have all said they're working with the administration on the troop request. Trump said Thursday he was considering sending anywhere from 2,000 to 4,000 National Guard troops to bolster border security. Which seems like a foolish idea to me, in my personal opinion. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey tweeted Friday that his... Office was working on plans to deploy about 150 troops to the border next week, and Texas officials said that Friday that 250 National Guard troops will be mobilized to the border within the next 72 hours. Definitely short of this two to 4,000 that Trump seems to want. Our local officials and residents of the border region told CNN they have mixed feelings about the news. I think the, that the Border Patrol are well-trained, well-equipped, says Sheriff Tom Schmerber of Maverick County, Texas. I don't think we need the military here at the border. Yeah, I feel like a military border is more of a international affairs thing, not along the southern border of Texas and Mexico. But whatever. Uh, a Border Patrol union spokesman said agents would be welcome the extra help. Once troops make it to the border, there are restrictions on what they can do. Laws dating back to the after the Civil War prevent federal troops from being involved in law enforcement and said it's more likely they'll be taking on support tasks and freeing up more Border Patrol agents to make immigration arrests. One Border Patrol official said the agency would like to keep, like troops to k- take on jobs such as flying aerial missions, monitoring surveillance feeds, maintaining vehicles, and building access roads. All of which are probably really good things. Uh, what about California? State leaders in California have made no secret of their opposition to many of the Trump's administration's moves on immigration, and so far officials there have been tight-lipped about whether they'll deploy National Guard troops. Governor Jerry Brown hasn't made any public comment, though his office confirmed he participated in a call Thursday with other border state governors and Nielsen. Spokesman for the California Army National Guard said Wednesday the administration's request would be promptly reviewed. We look forward to more detail, including funding, duration, and end state. Lieutenant Colonel Tom Keegan said. Is the caravan still coming? Yes, but it's dispersed into smaller groups. Originally, more than 1,100 people set out on the journey across Mexico. Organizers say they still expect... Some 200 people to continue on the United States and ask for asylum. Speaking with CNN from the Mexican city of Puebla, many stressed they were fleeing violence in their home countries and hoping their family help their families survive. We're not bringing any guns, and 32-year-old Karen Gallo, who was traveling with her husband and two children. There are no jobs, no justice, no laws in Honduras, she said. So, definitely seems like it's a good catalyst for Trump's continued persistence of wanting a border wall and increased border security and though some of that might be fine and good but it's also another feel of deflection against the overturning of his administration and what's going on there and his approval ratings and the numbers and all of that and there's the whole thing with Roseanne and how her numbers on her show are great and I've actually watched the show and I think I talked about it last two weeks ago I'm pretty sure but if I didn't it's been kind of a hectic week so Memory's a little fuzzy on some of that, but interesting to see that he came out and said, yay numbers, because that's something Trump knows so much about. So, 
I guess moving on from this to Trump's constant battle with the press is Trump's going to skip the correspondence dinner again. Um, but he's not opposed to doing talk radio, which is weird. So President Trump attacked the White House press corps during an appearance on a New York talk radio program on fighting, calling reporters novelists. Which is funny because that's what they're going to be doing for the rest of his life, is writing books and articles. I mean, you've seen it from every president. Even during his campaign, there's been plenty of books about him. And you saw how fired up he got about that Fire and Fury book. But, so, here's the article from the New York Times. It says, Donnie from D.C., you're on the air. President Trump, uh, buffeted by rumbling trade tensions with China, delicate negotiations with North Korea, and fallout from the Russia investigation. Take a few minutes this week to reach for the media equivalent of Linus's blanket, New York City Talk Radio. When he asked me to do the show, I said, I'm thinking I'm going to take a couple minutes, I'm going to do the show. In between North Korea and Iran and all the other things going on, Mr. Trump told the host of Bernie and Sid in the Morning on WABC AM, a drive-time program that's not exactly a must-listen beyond certain toll roads in the New York metropolitan area. Do I have everybody's attention now? The first shocker of the night. Totally. Charlotte Flair defeated Asuka. Ended the streak. No one better to do it. What'd you think? Oh, well, no. And see, here's the thing. If Asuka wins... Who stands up to her next? Yeah, who can beat her for the title? Who she just continues legitimately, that streak on? Like she would continue unbeaten until like the next year, and that's a long time. So here's what they did: they got rid of that. That is no like Oscar can now be booked normally. She can now she can, be like. She can eat. She can eat a cheap pin. She can eat some 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 losses here and there. She can get a bullshit disqualification or countout or something. She can be defeated. Uh, here in a few months, you're going to see people defeating Oscar, and it's not going to mean anything. Uh, and that's important because undefeated streaks are so difficult to do because you almost book yourself into a corner because you have no one else left to beat them that is credible that the fans are going to buy. They kind of did it with the with with the Undertaker streak too, because if you would, there's not too many people that you could have put with him when they ended it. That was going like, can you imagine if they put Baron Corbin in there with him and said, "We're gonna make Baron Corbin out of this"? That would have been awful. Ugh. You know, uh, there's only so many people. I feel like that probably could have used a big boost by beating the Undertaker. Uh, but then again, it's like not everybody's gonna. Be buy into it. That's why you have a legitimate badass like Brock Lesnar do it, and you're like, well, uh, he's the, well, he's the one guy who actually probably could beat the guy. You know, it's like, it, yeah. and it, we're gonna get to you know to Brock later too, and how how that match, it's kind of led to where we are today. But Charlotte, dude, I I thought like she was holding on with that one arm. I thought they were going to be trading a you know trading some submissions there at the end, but then Oscar tapped, shocked the entire building. No one saw that coming. The other Absolutely. thing that they, the other thing that they succeeded with this. Think about what that gives Charlotte. That helps make her even bigger. The queen is really the queen, and so Nate. The rumors are already in this. Like there, you know how like last year we kind of knew where we were, what, what the main event of this year was going to be. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is the last match next year. Uh, we don't know. But if I were them, I would make it the last match. 100%. Charlotte Oscar rematch. Charlotte defending a women's championship against Ronda Rousey. Oh. I love that. That'd be amazing. Because then if Ronda won... God damn, she was over too. We're going to get into that in a minute. Oh, absolutely. Uh, up next was the Fatal 4-Way United States title. Jinder Mahal defeated Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Rusev to win the United States title. This match, I think I had... Uh, nah, uh, okay, 
we'll go back, okay? We we were sure. wrong on the Battle Royal. Yep. Uh, we were wrong on Mustafa. I don't even remember uh-huh. who we picked for the women's. Maybe Becky. We were Becky. We, we were both wrong agreed on. That... We were wrong on IC. We both uh-huh. picked Balor. We were wrong on Charlotte Flair. Yeah. We were wrong on U.S. title because I picked Randy to retain. And I think I picked Rusev to pick up a momentum surprise boost win. Yeah. And no, it was it was. And now, granted, it kind of could have gone. Anyway, with this match, uh, totally, and I love all four of these dudes for different reasons. As far as competing, uh, as far as competing is concerned, like they all bring something different, unique to the table. I kind of love that Gender is the champ right now. Well, like I, it works to his advantage. Yeah. Well, it, it, to me, and and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. I kind of feel like this is like a pat on the back and a make good for kind of how they took the big belt off of him uh, going into the Lesnar match and how they kind of like. Uh, they veered for that. There's that meme with that car careening for the exit and like at the last second. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they were like, you know, gender versus Brock, AJ versus Brock. (laughs) Yeah. And so they kind of like swept the rug out of underneath gender. And I, and I felt bad because they had already kind of like started it and they started it with gender calling Brock out. And then they went with AJ and Brock, which was a great match, but gender just sat on the sidelines and didn't get to, didn't get that. So in a way, I kind of feel, I just kind of feel like them giving him this belt is them going, all right, we're not done with you, gender. Just so you know, we're not done. We are still happy with you and happy with what you've been able to attain. So here is this. Now let's see what you can do with this and see if you can build yourself back up and try to get yourself back to that level because, uh, it sucks because they just kind of pulled it off of the other title off of gender out of left field. And maybe it was time for him to drop it, but you know, let's see what he can do. I'm, I'm also happy that he's a champ. I'm also like, I think Rusev needs to be babyface right now. That's just me. Rusev does need to be babyface. He's already super over, uh, one thing I want to mention with this match is gender taking the U.S. title into their Saudi Arabia match because they're going to yeah. be putting this title online there. That's huge. That's a yeah. big deal. So interesting here because, like you said, any one of these dudes can carry this title with pride and do it a great job. I will say I feel it's weird Bobby keeps eating a lot of defeats lately. Like it's kind of he's kind of unintentionally being buried the past few weeks in loss mode. Granted, he's looked strong hitting some of the like spine busters and stuff and getting everything set up, but uh, he eats a a loss. Well, I don't know if we'll actually touch on the match or not, but he ate a loss at SmackDown on Tuesday, and I was just like, oh man, keep losing. Like that kind of sucks. Um, moving forward though, Kurt Angle and Rousey defeating Triple H and Stephanie. In a surprisingly amazing match, Brando. Well put Dude, together. This match, my opinion, is match of the night. Wow. Uh, uh, it, like, barely edges out Charlotte and Asuka. But I feel like the reason why it edges it out is because of the story and how well the story was put together. Because it kind of starts off so slow. and With the angle and Triple H stuff. And then they pop when Rousey gets in there. And then from the moment that she gets in there, this match goes into another gear. And yes. it has so many great moments. Uh, with her going in there and just destroying Stephanie at first. And just like Stephanie's like that look that her selling it and like the look of fear. And then of course she starts kind of like getting the upper hand and Rousey's selling for her. And then when her and Triple H are in there and she's no fear standing up to him. <laughs> The referee's trying to do that whole mixed thing. No, 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 no. Can't touch Tank. You know, can't touch. And Triple H kind of like, no, 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 no. Let's go. And then she lights him up. And I loved how he had. Do you remember how we used to kind of pick on Naya for kind of like being a monster? But she kind of have this look of fear on her face. Yeah. Like when uh, Bailey was going to hit her. And you're like, come on now. If you were a right. monster, Bailey hitting you wouldn't affect you. Well, and, and, and you know, and that's no disrespect to Nia, but I, I was kind of like, man, if you're trying to play the monster role, I wouldn't expect Andre to kind of do that, you know, uh, to somebody so small. But then with this, uh, Triple H kind of had that same look, but that was him selling it. He made Ronda look like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. And, 
you know, for everything anybody's ever said about Triple H holding people down, him and Stephanie, their role was to make Ronda look good. And they succeeded in every way. I love that that spot when she picked him up from the ground. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That was crazy. Uh, there's so many great spots. He, uh, She locked him in, in the arm bar. And the story was she couldn't lock Stephanie in. She kept like having her fingers locked. And, I, and, and to, to me, I'm like, you locked Triple H in the damn thing. He, you can't lock Stephanie in. Stephanie has the has this fucking iron grip. He's like, no. And then, of course, they kind of did my finish. Uh, oh, where, a little bit. Yeah, go on. I mean, she didn't break the arm. She tore a few ligaments. Yeah. Um, when she finally locked in the arm bar and... Made it look good. From top to bottom, this match was great. Did ex- uh, the crowd was hot for Ronda, uh, and like yeah, this match was the the uh, this like a, like what you would call like the marquee match. Like maybe it's not the main event, but it's definitely like a top attraction, and it delivered on all levels for me. It's also their um, celebrity match. Sure, yeah. Which isn't really a celebrity match this time. It actually, like, plays into it being, it's all wrestling. This card was all wrestling. We're gonna We're fuck gonna the sodomites in the... We haven't really been recording you this whole time. <laughs> God damn it! That's gonna be awesome. Can you so t- hopefully one of the uh, one of the other mics will pick you I up. I was gonna say, can you take the audio from the live stream? No, that sucks. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thirty minutes in, people are finally gonna hear you. Hey, people! <laughs> oh well, that's just how podcasting goes sometimes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we were. I, I wasn't planning on buying a fuck ton of beer either. Yeah, I just want. I just wanted to go check the place out. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, Nate, love from the Podfather. Hey, Pod Daddy. I haven't been recording for thirty minutes. Yeah, I just started noticing there was like no waveform where you were at. There they are. Now they're there. But hey, so. Richard says I'm not gonna buy any beer. I'm just gonna go down with you guys, and it's okay. Whatever. And then he says, then literally morning of, hey, not going to be able to come. I got my wife and my daughter are sick. And part of me kind of just doesn't. <laughs> a pod fail. Whap, whap. Is there uh, even is there even waveform now? It still looks yeah, there like is. a deadline to me. Let's see that. Oh, I thought I was the bottom one. Oh, no. Am I the bottom one? Because, yeah. Yep, there you are. There it is. You're popping hey, up. Hey, there's some waveforms. Yeah, Andy, uh, you heard... Tyler, because uh, all of that, all the live stream audio is coming from the webcam, while what we're recording for the audio version is not. Yes, <laughs> and I forgot what happened was I forgot to turn on the phantom power, and Tyler's mic requires phantom power. Yep. Womp womp. So, yep. uh, Bing bong. Hopefully, between our two mics, they'll pick you up enough. That you can just boost the hell out of it? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> hey there. Hey. It, it was kind of a relief that Richard didn't come. Yeah. Because I know, especially with him like not getting anything, he would have been bored. And that big line of people. Oh, yeah. He would have been like, pay attention to me. Pay attention yep, to me. Exactly. <laughs> you guys sit there and eat that pizza, and he's just like, hey, you can finish that? Hey. Are you done with that breadstick as you're sticking it it's in your the, mouth? It's literally in my mouth yeah. and I'm chewing it. <laughs> he, no, I'm not done with it. You want me to feed you like a oh, bird? Shit. Yeah, yes. he, he would have been like, he would have just been like striving for attention. And chain vaping. And chain vaping. And he would have just, it, it just would have been so super annoying. Does you he and know I, any you, cool tricks? No. Not really, no. Other than he can, he can, being a dumb. Just blow he can... in your face. Is that his trick? <laughs> oh, vape tricks. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna. I thought you meant just in general, because like he can pull up. He 
every show he's on, he pulls up that guitar and just makes up a song right on he's, the spot. He's very good at improv. Right on. Yeah. But uh, very hilarious guy. Yeah, I was just I was just really glad in general that we got to go check it out. And we had yeah. a good time, even though we froze our fucking dicks off. We had a really good time. It was our day off work, so yeah. it was like kind of Ferris Bueller's style, you know. Without the Ferrari, right? Without, uh, unfortunately, without the Ferrari yeah. and the nice weather. But uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, my wife and I are already talking about making a trip down there because she wants to check out the winery. Yeah. Um, Hit me up. Let me know. Me and Randall will come down. Absolutely. I figured this giant man next to me would also want to go. I have never seen your cat that relaxed. Don't I'm fucking here. don't worry. Don't, I'm like the don't animal, bother him. Animal whisperer. He just flicked his tail at you like leave me the fuck alone. He'll do this. You're pissing him off. <laughs> so tail twitching. <laughs> I know My cat does you guys talk about um like dicks? comics and Porn? Yeah, dicks and shit. But like comics and especially the last podcast I was watching, you guys were talking about uh Infinity War and, mm-hmm. and all that shit coming Lots up. Lots of theories. So have both of you guys watched uh Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? No. Nope. No. Well I'm not big on anime that. and stuff. You're not uh, into anime at all? Not really. Okay. Not even uh what about Studio Ghibli stuff, the old Hayao Miyazaki? Nope. That is Spirited that is... Away. I, I know that uh, okay, you finally said something I recognize. That's Hayao Miyazaki, that's Studio Ghibli. It. Yeah, that's good stuff. You haven't I watched know, like T Max. Yeah, I'm I'm big into big in the Haya. but you haven't watched like Kiki's Delivery Service or that's another name I've recognized, but I haven't seen it. Howl's Moving Castle again. That's Ta- a great one. I recognize all these names. Tales except... from Earthsea. I don't know that one. Did you Akira? ever watch Tales from Earthsea? Akira. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that, but I I recognize that's it. the oh, very Akira's first great. anime that I ever watched, and okay. that's what turned me on to animes in general. Because I think I still have all your movies. I think you do. Um, Akira. It's old too. I the original copy of Akira that I bought was on VHS. It came out in like eighty four yeah. or something like I that. I mean, it's super old. And the great thing about anime and what really turned me on to it was, you know, you grow up, you watch cartoons, Inspector Gadget, and that was one of my favorite cartoons when I was growing up. It was way before your time. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you know what it is. I've, but see, I've I, seen old Inspector Gadget. Right. I liked it. It was so, actually like, a well done cartoon. Every day cartoon. I ran home from school, that's what I watched. Like right when I got home, it was on. So you know, it's all Nickelodeon, Disney. You know, everything's all unicorns and rainbows and happy endings and shit. And then enter Akira. So I'm like, all right, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about this movie. I'll check it out. So we watched it and the opening scenes of it and the synopsis basically is there's at the beginning, there's two rival like biker, biker gangs. gangs. Um, you, you don't really know which one's good, which one's bad. They're biker gangs. So I guess in society's eyes, they're both bad because mm-hmm. they just go around and they pretty much fight each other all the time and they destroy shit in the process. So, uh, the two main characters is Tetsuo and Kaneda. Tetsuo is the the main anti or the protagonist, I guess, and Tetsuo's like the older, like older brother kinda big brother kinda guy that's always looking out for uh Tetsuo and they're getting in this whole uh biker war thing and the other uh the biker gang's called the clowns. Okay. So, um, very Kaneda, he's, no. he's younger. He's maybe 14, 15 and he's, I mean, he can ride a bike and, uh, the older brother guy has like this super deluxe, like super, uh, very, what's the word? Um, it's very exotic, very, yes, very exotic. And everything is like tailored to him. It's, it's custom made. Every you know, it's got hyperdrive engines and all this other stuff. He's like, Hey man, come on, let me drive it. He's like, Dude, get the hell out of here. You can't handle this bike or whatever. So, um, the clowns come in, they say, Hey, let's ride, we gotta take care of this shit. They get out on the highway. And so I'm like, Okay, you know, cool. A biker war fight. Let's I wanna check this shit out. So I mean, there's within the first five minutes, there's already like 
people getting a beat the shit out of. There's blood. It's very, you know, it's pe- very graphic. It's for very anime. graphic for 1984 mm-hmm. and an anime on top of that. When you're used to watching Disney and Nickelodeon yeah. cartoons, yeah. and the thing that really it just man it was like that moment it's just like dude i love this already it was in the first 10 minutes um the the biker gangs were chasing each other down this highway and one guy kind of veers off onto an off-ramp and the younger boy chases after him everybody else just keeps going so it's just a one-on-one thing they're driving through alleys and everything and uh the clown guy he's kind of looking behind him and he's throwing shit like basically molotov cocktails he's throwing them behind him and he turns back around and there's like a dumpster that's kind of been pushed out in the road a little bit. So he kind of tries to swerve out of the way that's going so fast that he clips it. He rolls and stuff, bike, you know, basically is destroyed. And he's kind of like trying to get up. And that young boy comes by with a fucking pipe going. God knows how fast he was going. It looks like he's going like at least 100 miles an hour. Just drives by him right in the fucking face. Hits him in the fucking, fucking head with that pipe. lead pipe. That's uh, and I was like, boom, I love it. I'm gonna sit, dude. This is already my favorite anime I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the, the, so, the movie gets very, like, you know, yes. like inception type level, mind blown type thing, but it's it's very good, especially for the time period. Akira opened the door, and they didn't just open the door, it kicked the fucking door down. And it's like, look, America, this is this is really fucking cool shit check this out and then you know that set the precedent for for studio ghibli and all the other great anime you know not just not just the tv series but movies and and the mangas and stuff like that it, it fucking kicked the door down and, and gave it to everybody hell yeah Hey Muggles, I'm Joanna. And I'm Mish. And you're listening to another episode of Literature. Today, we have an official announcement to make. Two of them, actually. Two. But I'm just going to say the most important one first. <laughs> <laughs> Mish is officially a co-host of Literature. Woo! So, she's not a permanent guest anymore. She's going to stay here forever. <laughs> and ever. And ever. Even when we die, we're going to keep doing these. Yep. We'll come back to haunt you every week. (laughs) Every two weeks, sorry. Via audio. (laughs) Also, you must be wondering, why am I listening to these girls on a Friday? It's kind of weird. Well, that's because we changed days. From now on, you'll be listening to us every second Friday. That's going to be No More Lazy Sunday. (laughs) Book podcast. You can be lazy on Friday and ignore the world. (laughs) Today we are talking about The Prisoner of Azkaban, book versus the movie. And I feel like this one so far has the most differences. I mean, a lot of them are subtle, but... But it has a lot. It does. Mm -hmm. So right off the start, Harry's under his covers doing the Lumos Maxima charm, but that counts as magic. He can't do magic at home. I don't understand this part. Yeah, it's not in the book, but I, you know, it's probably one of those things to be like, oh, catching your eye right from the get-go in the movie, but yeah. But he can't do it. Exactly. Like every... (laughs) You'd get written up for it. (laughs) Every Harry Potter fan, like, hates that scene because it doesn't make any fucking sense ever. Nope. Like, what was even the point? Another thing that's said... Harry doesn't get his fucking birthday presents while he's at the Dursleys. (laughs) Nobody cares. Like, there was no happy point in that part. He didn't get 40 pounds of cake. He didn't get anything. Nope. Poor boy. Dudley's diet. (laughs) They also didn't hear about Sirius escaping in the Muggle world, so that kind of took away the whole, you know point of them being scared about Sirius coming which kind of made the story at the beginning of the book seem so lame in my opinion or at the beginning of the movie sorry yeah the book's not lame just hurt my heart a little (laughs) (laughs) 
So Harry's not always the smartest cookie in the jar. We know this. But I'm sure that asking Vernon if he can sign the Hogsmeade permission slip just as Marge walks in the door was not a very good plan. I don't think bringing up anything magical while Marge was there would have been a very good plan. I actually think it was particularly stupid. Like, why was this not something he asked a long time ago? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, Marge. Something that bugged me in the book was her giving him tea. Yup. <laughs> but the movie bothers me way more. <laughs> because she gives her dog brandy while sitting at the table. And that's not any better and than giving him That's not, caffeine. no. I think I would have rather tea. <laughs> right? Like, here, have this brandy. That can't be good for dogs. So, we just... Here's a bad example of a dog mom, and let's just make her worse. (laughs) Maybe they just wanted you to hate her more. Right. (laughs) Your dog's health is at stake. Care about it. (laughs) So staying on the topic of Marge for a few minutes, how much force did those freaking buttons fly off her cardigan with? Like, holy moly. Not only did one fly off and knock Dudley over once, but a second one flew off and knocked Dudley over a second time. Like, Holy shit. Right. Those are like, I mean, that's like a secret weapon, you know? Yeah. That's a dangerous shirt to have out there. Just pew, pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) The pew, pew buttons. But I did love that in the movie, Marge flies right out the doors and floats away. Because, I mean, she deserves it. I also love Petunia's reactions. Did you see her reactions during the whole scene? Vernon is holding on to Marge to hold her down while she's floating away. And she's just, like, absentmindedly wiping down the wall beside, like, on the house. She's just kind (laughs) of, like, with a rag. And then after Marge floats away and Vernon's all like, no, Marge! She's just, like, waving to her, like, as if she's like, oh, okay, bye. (laughs) Thanks for coming! (laughs) (laughs) Happy to see you come, but happier to see you go. (laughs) Exactly. I just loved Petunia's reaction to this whole situation. And another thing that bugs me, well, it doesn't bug me, it's funny. I love that when Harry has officially run away, you still see Marge, like, floating off in the distance. <laughs> ah, you know? But that brings the question, why did they not act more quickly? I feel like they just, there she goes, the fuck do we do now? I'm gonna yell at my, at Harry, and then do nothing. I mean, I guess there's really not much they could do. Right. I mean, who do you call? My aunt floated away. Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But. Yeah. Fucking Marge. (laughs) Yeah, because in the book, she just floats up to the ceiling. Yeah, that's not as exciting. I mean, no. she definitely deserved floating out the window. Especially, Absolutely. maybe that's just the more revenge because she gave her dog brandy, you know. <laughs> Give him tea, you float to the ceiling. Brandy, you're just, you're going to die. <laughs> well. So, okay, where are we? So the bus. I was super sad that it didn't make its, like, grand entrance with, like, the flash of light and the cracking bang that it was supposed to make. It just, like, pulled up. Like a regular three-story purple bus. <laughs> it just, like, drives up, like, oh, hey, we're here to pick you up. Like, it, no, it needed, like, the boom, like, the magic, the, the pop. <laughs> <laughs> Hand motions, even though you guys can't see them. <laughs> also, I hate the talking head. Gosh, the talking head... Creeps me the fuck out, by the way, because it's just like <laughs> shrunken head. I don't know. I don't. I don't like it. I don't think it just seems pointless to me. I personally love the shrunken head so much. Ernie, take it away. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, that wasn't in the book at all. But during an interview, J.K. Rowling actually said that she wished she'd thought of the shrunken head. You know, yeah. talking. I mean, it's. It's a comical thing. And, yeah. I mean, Ernie could use some guidance with those 
glasses. Yeah, but I think that because they added the talking head, it made the scenes that were important in the bus not mm-hmm. happen. Because yeah. while they could have been talking, he was just like being goofy in the front, which is like, well, then he didn't talk to Stan about uh, Sirius being a wizard. Like, he didn't talk to, you know, about certain important things, right? Like, yeah. I think that they took a lot of the story out by adding it. That's true. I guess if they'd kept that in, maybe you'd, you'd like them a little more. <laughs> Probably, but I just feel like it took so much out. You're, that's right. It's true. Also, Harry didn't give him his name even <laughs> in the book. He tells them that his name is Neville, but they didn't seem to care as much in the movie, probably because of the head. Uh, <laughs> and when they dropped him off, also, like, I don't know if they found out he was Harry Potter, because I think, did Fudge say, like, uh, oh, Harry, about time. Because if they did find out he was Harry Potter, they didn't give a fuck. They just moved on with their lives and left. That's cool. <laughs> but, uh. So... In the book, when Harry gets to the Leaky Cauldron, he has, like, a week of vacation time, right? Mm-hmm. And he just stays there for a week until the the Weasleys get back from Egypt, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, Fudge tells him that he's off to Hogwarts tomorrow and that he already took the liberty, liberty of picking up what Harry needed from Diagon Alley. So, like, Harry didn't even get a super awesome week to just, like, hang out and chill and eat ice cream, which is basically what he does in the book. And that's sad, because that boy deserves a, vaca- a vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> a vacation. But, you know, that's just like the movies. Just fuck August. We're going right to <laughs> September. <laughs> it's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Welcome to episode 25 of Brews with Dudes. Ah! <laughs> All right. That was an exciting <laughs> entrance, wasn't it? It's a thing. We're still working on it. <laughs> Keep working on yeah, it. It needs, it, needs, it needs some fine tuning. All right. Well, uh, we are going to make this episode all barrel-aged ass-kickers, but one thing led to another, and now we're mostly just doing those, with a couple of exceptions. Uh, we're going to start off a little, little lighter than all those with 450 North's Hazy Potter and the Brewer's Carbstone. I say it's lighter. It's still 7%. <laughs> but it's going to be light compared to what we're about to get into. That is true. So, I just picked this one up this morning. I've not tried it yet, though. Neither have I. I uh, did see how uh, you, uh, Mr. David Linder, and uh, Mr. Brett Maxwell made it down to 450 and were... Uh, Seeming to have a pretty good time. We were we were getting it a little bit. This is the first I've heard of this. For the record. You should check Facebook. It was all over it. For like five seconds. Yeah, Dave, <laughs> Dave was posting quite a bit. Yeah. I've been really bad lately about posting things. You passed me up with that fake news shit. Missed me with that gay shit. That is that. That seems to be the new thing I've seen this week. Is miss me, miss me with that, or am I like, Okay, can't catch me with that. <laughs> I, well, I guess I already tasted it. Sorry, what that else was. Damn it, Chris! You're breaking the rules. I did not. Well, taste it's his. It. It's so. his second. Brews with dudes now. Yeah, and now he's actually asked to be more supportive cast since it's just the three of us. You're going to have to actually say something this time, Chris. I'm trying. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't asked about the amount of Idaho 7 in this one. Thanks for stealing my thunder. Yep. Thunder stolen. And uh, to uh, 
those of you who don't know, we have Mr. Chris Pilot with us today. Boo. That's that's that lion's voice you hear. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris kind of jumped the gun. I already got paid him back by using his his, uh, his line. So let's uh, let's get a group gulp now on this. Juicy. Mm. Hazy. It is rather hazy. It's actually a really light compared to what I'm used to getting from 450 lately. Yeah. Kind of yellowish. Yes. I wouldn't say gold. It's a, uh, Maybe. Just an IPA. It doesn't, say, IPA. It doesn't Just... tell you what's in it. Wow. Those ball sacks. I like the beers that have a, a story on the bottle or the can. I know. I enjoy those. Do you want me to read the story on this can? Uh, I'm not a pregnant woman, but thanks anyway. Okay. It says... Are you sure you're not pregnant? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. Just a food baby. It's, uh... I've had one of those for months. It says... <laughs> It says, please enjoy soon after purchase for maximum freshness. That's a good story. It's, it's pretty good. It's very light, crisp, juicy. I uh, I don't know if I could drink more than one of them. I'd probably get sick of it after. Uh, I could after definitely drink one and start a second one, but about halfway through my second one, I'm going to go, fuck, I should open something else maybe. It's good, though. It's good. It's pretty all right. I'd say I'd get like maybe like 13.5 ounces in me and then be like, all right, switch it out. Hmm. So slam one and take a big swig in the next and then you're done. Yeah. And then hand butt, it, butt chug the rest of it. Hand it to the next person to butt chug for me. Nice. Oh, it sounds like a gimmick he, we've got set up for him. Hmm. We have been talking about expanding brews with dudes into a, a whole media company. Into a butt-chugging company? <laughs> Chris could have his own show where he just butt-chugs beer. Mm. Does this one taste any different than the last one you butt-chugged? Absolutely not, Nick. They all taste yeah, like but puke. The, but all the farts smell different. <laughs> Definitely smells Mito 7 in that one. <laughs> Idaho, no, no about you, but uh, the last seven were wrong. <laughs> Idaho number two. Miss me with that. <laughs> Miss me with that gay shit. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about my, my new my new take you glass. It's very rainbowy. It's very rainbowy. Yeah. It's a an eye catcher. I saw it from afar. Because I was standing room. in a line. So, and you're just like, what's that there on the horizon? What's that? What's what? That over there. It's a take glass. It's a take glass. The line today wasn't too bad. No. I, it, we were it first was probably, probably one of the nicest days to be standing in line today. It was, it was awesome. A it good was, day to stand in line. It was like 65 degrees. That sounds Beautiful. awesome. It was beautiful when I drove into work today at five in the morning. It was it was pretty awesome. Same. We drank one of the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stouts. Mm-hmm. Have you had that? No. I think Brett I was talking about it. Brett was talking about it. He said he had a couple that he was going to get to you. I was kind of hoping I could snag one of his extras, but I don't remember if I actually said, hey, Brett, I will totally be down for that extra one. I bet he'll, I bet he'll hook you up with it. He'll probably say, can we do it without you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it, Brett! Just making <laughs> Damn a you, joke. Brett. <clears throat> Brett, uh, I guess you could say Brett was trying to miss Austin <laughs> on this one. <laughs> He's trying to miss me with this episode, and then uh, uh, Nick quickly uh, rebuttaled. Well, Austin's bringing the beer, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, we're sorry. missing Brett with this one. <laughs> We have successfully beat that joke into the ground in the first seven minutes. Yeah, but our but so the listeners can't quite hear the dabbing of it. So. Yeah, there's some Thank dabbing. God, there's some dabbing going on. Not yeah. the good kind either. Just just, just stupid, 
Stupid shit. So what else did... Oh, somebody had a mango habanero beer in line today. B-dubs. No. Oh. No, not no, Some, like, mango habanero wing sauce? It was an IPA or a... It's Coors Light mixed with B-dubs sauce. Mm. <laughs> Talk about just totally missing the Filtered point. through a mango. <laughs> Is this how you do this? Absolutely. <laughs> I got it. No. Whoops. <laughs> Fucking beer snobs. This tastes like garbage. <laughs> well, who would enjoy this? Who would enjoy this? This ain't Coors. It was nasty. This is actually. I'm... Cue the drink. I am enjoying this. This feels like a very <sighs> good starter to what we have in store for tonight. What should we? Uh, what should we bust into next? I think we should bust into uh, uh, KBS. Agreed. Well, the KBS, that's, well, a, that's an ass kicker. Yeah, yeah but it's but only 12 we, ounces. We, we can't split up the Barrel Massacre. Once we get into it, we can't stop. Yeah, you start massacring, and then you just massacre some more until the massacre is fully massacred. As an American, I back that. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Who's going to get up? Oh, I'll nominate Chris because he brought now, it. It's gonna, <laughs> and he's closer. I'm on the, f- I'm on the floor. It's gonna, it's gonna be the hardest for me to get up. You can just roll into it. I'm also old. I'm and older. I'm posted up on this couch <laughs> way too hard right now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lay down under the fucking too. table. Are we gonna have to like? I'll get it. That was the worst episode ever. They drank one beer and then refused to get up. <laughs> they fell asleep. <laughs> they kept recording. They took a nap. <laughs> it was 43 minutes and 26 seconds of dead air. <laughs> we didn't know we were still listening until ISIS got up and started snorting in one of the mics. <laughs> it wouldn't take her that long. I don't know. She's pretty preoccupied with something else she might take a nap too it's hard to yeah, tell yeah i was gonna say she'd probably sleep too yeah she'd probably just curl right up next to chris go butt to butt with him and pass the fuck out <sighs> and it would just be like light snores from us and like serious log sawing from her 